What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the House of Hollowell. Today we are deep diving into episode two. Nope, season two. <laughs> Holy <laughs> mackerel! Somebody's jet lagged. Somebody's jet lagged. Yeah, season two, episode seven. They're everywhere. It was directed by Cheryl J. Anderson. Nope. No, it was Written not. By... Wow. Jesus, you're <laughs> fired. You are fired. <laughs> So drew back. Uh, okay, I gotta get this coffee in, in my five. <laughs> okay, four, four, three, two, one. It was written by Cheryl J. Anderson and directed by Mel Damsky. They're everywhere. Season two, episode seven. There we go. Woo! He's drinking this morning. Wow! Uh, just the coffee hasn't hit the blood yet. It's five um, o'clock somewhere. Oh my god. Okay, we are here, and a lot's happened. A lot has happened. Akashic. A lot has Indiana been Indiana Jones. A lot has been happening. What sucks is I've watched this out of order, so I had no yeah. idea what's going on. Well, basically, Piper's in a full-fledged relationship. That's oh, yeah. You admit it. You admit it. <laughs> <laughs> And Leah's awfully nosy. Awfully nosy. Wait a second. Leah's not even in this episode. No, no, no. It's because it's yeah. a Dan show. Well, mm-hmm. Dan calls himself out. It made me laugh when uh, he goes, like, am, I, am I ever going to get out of this, get through this doorway? One day. I mean, One I day. had a scene with him inside the foyer. Yeah, yeah. that's still kind of doorway-ish. Doorway adjacent. Uh, he was inside. Yeah, he was. Well, he was. Inside. I just kept him um, from the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's uh, before we get to doorway Dan and I'm not going to make his relationship with my mother. There's <laughs> you guys are you guys are full on that way. Jeez. <laughs> um. So there's this. It's kind of starts, and I thought it was going to be more of an Indiana Jones esque type of episode mm-hmm. because we're at a you know the akashic files and i was looking about looking up what this was it's actually based on a real thing um let me give you guys a little bit of a something something about this walk us down it, history lane yeah just it's so it's a theosophy is a religion established in the united states during the late 19th century it was founded by a russian and it draws it's a new religious movement that was part of the occultist stream of Western esotericism. It draws upon both older European philosophies. And uh, yeah, it teaches that there's an ancient and secret brotherhood of spiritual adepts known as the masters, who, although found around the world, are centered in Tibet. And these masters allegedly have cultivated great wisdom and supernatural powers. So the Akashic files or the Akashic tablet um, is uh, the key to kind of unlocking the world's great knowledge. And these dudes are after it is basically what I got from it. Okay. Right? But really the episode is about Dan. For <laughs> <laughs> Hard to watch. I totally got something else. I, I was looking at a whole different storyline. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sitting here going, 
this is great. And then there's a whole subplot of just you trying <laughs> to make it on time. So like what? the subplot of like you trying to just make it onto this wedding. Like, wait, yeah. what happened to other steps? Have you guys, have you hooked up we in the previous it, episode? We, we made it to wedding date status, which is a pretty big step as far going as going out of town. Go. Going to pack you, it up. You have yeah. to like someone a lot to invite them to a wedding or a funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys didn't bring anybody to my wedding except each other. No. Well, I don't even know. Were we, were we allowed to have a plus one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Invitation. I don't know if I had a, I don't yeah. know if I had a plus one. You did. Yeah. Everybody did. Listen, I was happy that my plus one <laughs> was Cormac. Yes. There yes. he was. And In BK. All glory. Oh, and all his glory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god memory lane so you are a warlock magnet let's just get right to it okay i like that i I like that you're called out you're called out for it and it made me happy because she is she's not they Um, all are we all are they all are yes the proverbial sticking to it sure but you know uh shannon definitely had a a point with yours like she started like kind of listing off a few of the warlocks Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. for those of you can't see holly's face right now it just reads guilty which means it does not okay dan is not you know you thought he was (sighs) gotta be careful you do have to be careful. We're protected these days. <laughs> it's dark out there. Um, so we see back to this Akashic thing for a hot sec. We see uh, Dean Norris of um, Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad fame. fame. Yeah, all the fame and and uh, Lachlan Monroe are both in this episode, and Lachlan the brings his like, his like super fun kind of personality to it um i also caught in the credits at the beginning mm. did you notice that uh, jenny got nixed and uh doorway dan got upped well you know can is there a jenny story that i'm missing that we're not allowed to talk about like no. who is this girl she just shows up out of no, nowhere and then she has credits at the top and then she gets loses her credits at the top i've never actually seen that before I think they were trying to wrangle a younger demographic because they were afraid we were going to get old, which happens. And so, yeah. But then, I don't know. It just it just didn't go that route. Right. It went um, the Dan not- route. It went the well, great yeah, route. And we had obviously- dreamy, dreamy Dan music. Dreamy Dan music in the doorway, which I noticed. Yeah. It was quite lovely. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's no like, there's no deeper T in regards no, to. I, I know you wish there was, but there's not. Okay. Like, there's nothing. To, get... There's nothing to figure out here. There's no like formula you're missing. There's no subplot. There's. Okay. It's, she's just. It's who she is. Okay. She's your Andy. Get over it. Okay, I'm moving on. Mm. Um, there's a constant reiteration. Reiteration of. Uh, no personal gain because mm-hmm. you guys need to figure out uh, who's a 
who's a warlock and who's not. So you kind of pull this spell where you and Prue now get to walk around and hear people's thoughts, which I actually thought was a really fun device for this uh, episode. Um, like, would you guys want to have that power in real life if you could? BK? I, uh, I don't know. I think one thing it proved, I think it, it solidified how close the girls are that they're they already know each other's thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of solidified that, that, but it was kind of, it was fun. Uh, I don't know that it, I'd want, I, I think that would make life pretty hard. I mean, if we could communicate back and forth, that's one thing, but to know what someone's thinking at all times, ugh. all the time, every day, all the time. Um, I don't know. What are right now, Holly. <laughs> um, excuse me. Yeah. I, what was that movie? It was um, What Women Want. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Where he was, uh, it was Mel Gibson had the power to like listen to female thoughts and he was trying to, you know, figure out how to be the best man he could be for who he was going on a date with. Mm-hmm. Did you guys remember that movie? How did that work out for him? Mm-hmm. It was crazy making. Are, are we even allowed to say his name? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know um, this anymore. <laughs> does anyone care? Is anyone <laughs> even listening? Uh, yeah, there's there's a few thousand listening right now. Hey guys. What up? No pressure. I really appreciate you. Oh, I just got really nervous. <laughs> so you do this like you're doing the bleed test. Uh no, you're doing this like you cast a spell, but Phoebe kind of comes in and goes, All you have to do is find out if they bleed or not. Warlocks don't bleed. I like to I like to call it the the prick test. The prick. Ooh. Yeah, that was great. That was good. <laughs> you need to make There were so many one. funny parts in this and it was so incredibly acted all the way through. It was it was awesome. Yeah, I really um, Season 2, like there I tried to pump the brakes on us like you know, gassing it up because everything was so good. Like I'm loving this. I, I love this show. The other day I texted Holly and Brian. I was like, I'm really liking this show. Like I'm, I'm all in. This is fun. I'm laughing. I'm completely invested. I can't wait to watch the next app, but like, this is great. I'm having a blast and you guys are so good. Like you're just, it's, it's like, it's so much fun to watch. Like I get it now more than I ever got it before on how, uh, why this show still impacts and hits the way it does. And it's becoming more evident as time goes on and I watch it. And apparently this isn't even the best season. Apparently season three is the best season. Says who? Said you. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, I can tell from this episode, um, from everybody's body language and how we were doing scenes together that this was kind of like our moment in the sun, this episode where things were going just swimmingly for lack of mm. a better term. Um, and you can tell, you can tell because the chemistry is there, the body language is there and the, the comfort level is there, is here. Yeah. In this one for sure. Yeah. And there's like, it's little things that I don't even know that can be written that I think just the actors you guys bring into the like you bring to set like i love the fact that uh when phoebe's straddling (laughs) um god sasha and prue just walks in and doesn't even like really bat an eye like she doesn't even think 
she's not plussed about it at all. She just kind of like walks by and goes, cute boy or whatever. Who's the and cute it's just boy? Like, yeah, who's the cute boy? And she's just like, oh, I guess this is normal. Um, yeah, sure. It's a, you know, it's a Saturday night, whatever. Yes, Phoebe's just straddling some dude in the kitchen. <laughs> and you can, by the way, it's on his face for a second. He's smiling. He's clearly not upset. At he's he's enjoying his job, his day at the office, for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Like he's supposed to be struggling and upset that he's, you know, being wrestled to the ground um, because Tybo obviously. And yeah. like, I'm looking at his face. And if you go back, like the dude has the biggest smile on his face. He's not upset at all. <laughs> it made yeah. me laugh. Kung Fu Phoebe. Um, yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of unwritten moments in this one. Like, you know, when Shannon takes the slip with her, that was, that, that was, first of all, not a slip Piper would wear, just putting that out there. And then she takes it. She should have taken it because that's more of a proof thing anyway. But yeah, that was not mm-hmm. scripted that she takes it. She was having a good old time again this episode. I think that's just a a byproduct of you guys knowing your characters so well, also being completely in harmony with each other. And mm-hmm. when that's the, that's the best when that's on, you know, BK's brought this up to him when we're when all things are just kind of perfect and you're in flow, nothing like everything feels right. And you're not, you're feeling empowered and bold. And you're like, Oh, this is like, I would do this. And it's probably even, it's probably subconscious at this point. Right. Well, I think we knew we had the freedom at this point to uh, bring what we could to it um, just to normalize, not normal circumstances. And so I'm pretty sure that when, um, Shannon said, do we have to save him? That was also an ad lib because the he's really starting to piss me off definitely was. Um, but I'm pretty sure that was that was a Shannon moment. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's so good. BK, anything jump for you? Uh, I mean, the storyline, I, I think I was trying to think deeper about the whole. Wow. Uh, the hesitation in your voice is, is weighty. It's like it's. There's I mean, I, you know, I had to get away from the Dan storyline. Oh, I love how it's going. So I had to dig a little deeper. And and Misha was so great uh, playing this relationship. His, his dad dying, being there, wanting to be there, wanting to continue on his legacy. Uh, and, and what struck me there this whole episode another storyline is is you know when uh asking when piper asked proof she missed dad and and she says she misses who he should have been and who he never was and and it struck me as like the deeper end of the whole storyline was you know here's uh eric you know trying to live for his dad and do everything and then here's you know, the girls and, and kind of just how we all have, you know, a daddy issue in a way and what you're willing to do to kind of solve that or feel love that, you know, from this person or whatever it might be, whether it's attainable or not. Um, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. But that's kind of I was it made me feel and think about, you know, that I don't know, piece of that. Maybe that's too. So deep. we're just going to completely skip over the Dan part of the episode. Yeah, no, we'll get there. But like, no, I I agree. I actually wrote BK. I wrote that down as well. Like, I love that this this love that he had for his father Eric and trying to like, you know, get him, bring him back, really started to bring up uh, 
you know, deeper kind of feelings and emotions. And this is kind of the first time if I can, that we're getting some real Victor, at least like we're acknowledging Victor again, when we haven't really heard or seen him since episode two. So I actually thought that was, I, I thought that was, it was really well written in that sense because it started to bring up feelings and emotions uh, for the girls on something that we hadn't really discussed in over a year. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was telling of the, their relationships with each other and, and how Piper said, you know, I do, I miss, I miss him and kind of willing to be like, I'm okay with how things are. And like, you know, you were settled with it and uh, it was a, you know, difference in character of how, you know, things were, it was almost like you were, you know, it was a therapy session with your sister and it was, it was, uh, I don't know, relatable. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I just like, I just think that it's a, it was a really good device to kind of start to bring around Victor again, because I'm assuming he comes back at some point soon. Right. I think there's a little bit of foreshadowing for the next episode in parental issues, um, which we didn't really do with episodes often. So well, yeah, that's why I think that I, that's why I really love this episode. I'm going I'm, look, I'm jumping to the end. I'm giving this a fucking nine. I'm, I'm like, I'm and Piper's I'm hoping- off trying to be a step parent. Uh, apparently that's where that's going. That's, we, we might need a whole separate podcast for this subplot. <laughs> what happened in, what happened in episode six? What did I miss? <laughs> We're taping this for those of you who don't know. Uh, well, what did you miss? Yet. Yeah. Um, it, it, We're taping it out of order. And I watched out of order. Like, did, did you guys you go on? Yeah. I don't even want it. Do I even yeah. want to watch six? Yeah. Think, yeah, it would explain what, you know, what's uh, going on. Piper and Leo had a moment and Leo Where basically said I I get it and stepped away. What? And Piper has freedom to go find her love next freedom. time. Oh, sorry. Why did you say that with so much? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like I don't know where that came like, from. That was so much uh, like I don't even know. <laughs> Is there an echo? Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Speaking awesome. of Mel Gibson, freedom. That's two <laughs> Mel Gibson references. That's too many. They're, they're everywhere. Uh, he's everywhere. Um, yeah, I. Wow. I. But yeah, yeah. BK. That's. That, I agree. That's. I. One hundred percent. I. I love that. That it addressed that stuff. Um, I mean, I guess Holly. Like we got it. We got to touch on this. It's important. Okay. Talk, talk what are we about. touching? Well, what are you touching? Whoa. Apparently lots of things. Those. Jesus. Sorry. Hmm. Hey, life goes on. Did you really? (laughs) I'm shook. You've got me. I see. Wow. (laughs) Or so I hear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Um. What was your so question? back to the, like, oh sorry I was gonna get away from the uh, yeah we're still talking fine. about Dan <laughs> yeah we have have we even said anything about Dang it yet <laughs> uh, like I don't even know if we've actually said anything about Dan other than he's handsome he shows up in the doorway he invites you to this wedding you mm-hmm. really want to go but really? he, like he shows up at like what nine a.m. he's like hey you ready and you're like I need some time and then like the whole episode happens and he's still kind of waiting. 
Um, I know a person like that. I know a person like that who likes to get to the airport really, really early. That's not me. Huh. Yes, not it talking is. about me. Yes, no, it I, is. I don't like. I like getting late. I'm you're late. Never, I want to be the last person late. on the plane. I'm We've never late. Session. No, no, I'm never late. But I actually, but I'm I'm punctual, but never late. You but both I don't like being the last late. person on the plane, which is hysterical. Kind of makes only be one last person on the plane. Well, I let B, if I'm flying with BK when I get that luxury, I'll let BK go last. Um, <clears throat> I had food poisoning, by the way, on the flight from home from Europe. And it, you and it charisma? So, it was almost that bad, almost, but it wasn't. And I was thinking, I'm like, do not become charisma on this plane. Did she throw up in a plane? I kept thinking, like, yeah, she had to throw up from on the plane. 90s con, she did. And I was like, I don't know if there's anything worse than throwing up on a plane. I, I just, I've thrown up on a boat. Well, I think a lot of people have thrown up on boats. I know, disgusting. Because you, all you have to do is throw throw up over the over the side, and you're fine. Not when it's like a cruise boat, and you're going out with you know 50 people on board. Oh. You just you kind of go into the galley and hit the little thing and try and flush it away, I guess. Have you guys seen a triangle of sadness? You come out like this. Like... <laughs> oh. There's a scene in triangle of sadness where like they've hit high seas and it, the, it's a really, it's a, it's a very controversial uh, filmmaker who just kind of does these studies on human behavior and emotions and how people react to uh very intense situations. He did a great movie called Force Majeure um, that they remade with Will Ferrell, but the original one was brilliant. And he did another one called The Square. And it's The Square is one of the most, there's a there's like a 15 minute scene at the end that is arguably the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching a film. And his latest one was uh, Triangle of Sadness with Woody Harrelson as like a boat captain. And there's like a 15 to 20 minute scene where they've hit high seas and everyone is just puking and he shows it all and it keeps going and it just is relentless <laughs> and like gratuitous it's gratuitous and that's kind of what i felt like on my flight home um it wasn't great well welcome back yeah i'm still recovering still recovering um Okay, back to there everywhere. Sorry, mm-hmm. I digressed. Yeah, you did. Uh, let's talk well, about let's Lost. Talk- Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was, no, no. I was saying about the demons, Dean Norris and the blinking and, uh, yeah. you know, a new power that we haven't seen before. I, I think he really brought a gravitas of this, like, underboss working, like, we're he, part of a bigger, you know, syndicate. Uh, you know, it was one thing as the doctor, but then when he crossed over and he was, it was so much fun. Uh, he, he played it like such a thug. It was, it was pretty cool. Dean Norris is awesome. Yeah. Like that made, like he was so cool. And, um, yeah, it was, he, you, you just, he's good. Like you see, there's certain people like, again, we talked about this with John Cho a little bit, Danielle, um, you, like Finola, you get these guest stars who come on and you're like, yeah, of course he's going to have a massive career. And he also looked exactly the same in Charmed yeah. as he did in Breaking Bad. Yeah, like, he, like, he didn't age. age. Didn't age. Um, and it was, I thought, you're right. I thought it was a cool kind of demon power. They could blink. 
which then actually leads me to when we uh that scene in the hospital the choreographed scene now holly brian and i were not there so we can't discuss this but that seemed like the fight scene it must have can you tell us about this what do you remember about that day other than probably it took all day to shoot well, you know, Mel Damsky is, you know, quite the professional. He did um, 14 episodes of Charmed, 14. Oh. And he did, I did eight episodes with him in Picket Fences. So oh. I really feel like I should never do a show without Mel Damsky, basically. He, he's like, he's in my contract somewhere down there. Really? He's in my writer. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just a great director. He's completely never frazzled mm. just completely prepared at all times but yeah this was just a big choreograph and you know we at this point had you could say mastered some of the special effects and um we had a really good stunt team in place already um so yeah it was just sort of you know it's hard to bring energy to those scenes when you've been doing it for half a day so that's usually the challenge um, is to keep that same energy. Um, yeah, but no, Mel makes it easy because he's just so efficient. You know, he's really, really good at uh, getting a scene done in the right amount of time. And he, one of my favorite stories is, you know, he did, he was literally, if not our favorite director, one of our favorite directors on Picket Fences. And um, he he's really good at looking stern when he needs to and very serious. And Kathy Baker had a habit of just cracking up every once in a while because we did long hours on that one too. And everybody would just get loopy, you know. And so she would start giggling and not stop. And then she would look down the hall and go, oh, he's getting mad. I have to stop. He's getting mad. And Mel would just be sitting there like a statue, waiting, waiting and waiting. But he actually has a fabulous sense of humor. Um, so we were lucky to have him. Um, and he and Shannon worked really well together. This was a, you know, a big episode for her. And um, yeah, so. and she was great in it. Um mm -hmm. But like I look at scenes like that one specifically, you have to have a captain of the ship that is like that doesn't get phased by anything because there are so many cuts and so many moving parts. And what is there like six of you in that scene? Um, mm -hmm. And like it every two seconds, it's a cut. And then like okay, now he's behind you with a knife. And then like then you then Shannon gets the knife. And then you throw you know she used her telekinesis. Like there was just so many moving parts to that scene. Um, so you definitely need to have someone like a Mel in there, uh, making sure that it actually works and cuts together because scenes like that are very tedious. Like they, they're fun to, once you see the final product, it's really cool, but to shoot something like that, it's actually kind of brutal. Yeah. It's, it's doing your homework beforehand and knowing the exact shot, almost seeing it in your head. Right. And, and then just getting on set and go, this is what we need. This is what we have to do. Uh, and I can attest Mel is top notch when it comes to being on set and getting it done. This show is brought to you by better help. Have you been to therapy? Have you tried it? I have to say that I have, uh, numerous times and 
it has done wonders for me. It is so nice to have someone to vent to who's not uh, in my personal circle, doesn't have an opinion one way or the other, to just say what I want to say freely. And then to have that person help give me the tools and guide me through the steps I need to feel better and live a better life. And I have to say, it's it's done wonders for me. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist and you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com HOH today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash H-O-H. You know, Kretschmer was like that too. Kind of, he already saw it cut in his head before, you know, certain directors uh, do that where it's already, he's like, the, the show, the movie's already cut in my head. And so I, I think like with scenes like that, it becomes extremely beneficial. I've always kind of pushed back on directors who say that on emotional scenes because we know I love to be in the feelings. But shocker. Uh, well, a lot of times something like that would be storyboarded. Uh, do you yeah. know if they did any of that, Holly? Uh, I don't know that we did then because, you know, the producers always wanted something. The directors wanted something else. And we wanted the other thing. So um, there wasn't that cohesion. Um, but with directors like Kretschmer and Mel um, and a few others, they really let them you know, do what they do and be the head of their department because they trusted them. That's right. always the key thing is like, you have to let the heads be the heads of their departments. Yeah. Hire people who know how to do their job and then let them do their job. Mm -hmm. What a wild concept, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was at a, a premiere once or like a screening for a film uh, that Joel Edgerton had directed called the gift that he also put himself in. And there was a question from the audience and basically he said, he's like, look, the, the key to being a good director um, really is you hire everyone smarter than you and like all the department heads, and then you let them do their job. Like, you know, it's really, it's so important to just trust if you're going to use a DP that you love, don't try to micromanage him once you've hired him. Like you hired him because you love his work. So let him go off and do what he does. And uh, I think that's really important. And it's a, it's a sign of a good, confident filmmaker as well. Um, so, yeah. But in, do you want to touch, BK, do you want to talk about storyboarding for a second? Just kind of like what that is, just for people who don't know? Uh, well, storyboarding would be, um, you know, what, sometimes you walk through with your director of photography, uh, the, the person responsible for setting the lights and shadows and the camera itself. And you, you would choose a wide shot, medium shot, close up, but you would have somebody who would draw it out on paper, um, actual frames, uh, shot by shot by shot, scene by scene by scene, shot each shot. So you know when you get to scene three on page 12, uh, that's a page and a half, you have every shot already on on paper so then when you get there uh, time wise lighting wise you're able to go okay we need this shot this shot this shot this shot if i get those shots i know i've got a scene that i can put together and if there's time left over okay maybe i have something on a creative list that i can add 
Uh, and I, I think it's a way for, you know, new directors. And I know even huge directors still utilize it today. And it's a way to you can go, here's your shot list. Uh, this is what you're shooting today. There it is in pictures. Give me that frame. Give me this look. Go. And it's, it's, it's kind of a booklet or a guide that one would use to help them make their day on set and make their film cuttable. Yeah, it's a, one of those things that almost like the best reference I can make give would be like, it almost looks like a comic book. You know, you're, it's drawn out. There's actual pictures. Sometimes they'll even, uh, you know, they'll even, I've been encouraged on some of the things that I've been fortunate enough to direct where, you know, the DP or the producers will say, can you storyboard this for us? Can you like tell us what you have in your vision? So it just on the day, it makes things move much quicker because we already, we're not trying to create shots in the moment. You already know what it's going to look like. Um, and then to that end, what's happening now is it's called previs where you're not just storyboarding anymore. You're going to go out and shoot it on your iPhone. Cause we all have a camera now. And so it's like, if you have a production that lends itself to give you even that much more time where you can prep a scene, you'll shoot the scene and it's like really raw, but you're like, you, you know, you'll stage some actors. You're like, I think the camera should be here and it should be a little wider. Um, and you kind of, you pre-vis, the previs is short for previsual visualization um that i think is really beneficial for you know the editor your dp your department heads etc but yeah so a scene can like I, can that I consider that rehearsal am i getting paid for previs <clears throat> no <laughs> do you like rehearsals speaking of which do me? i i like yeah, oh. me me yeah. <laughs> well but like we and one one at a time uh let's start with you bk I, I like to step it through, walk it through uh, three quarter speed, maybe uh, okay. three quarter feeling, half feeling. I don't, I don't want all the emotion released on a, a rehearsal. So, you know, by the beats, by the steps, tell me where I'm going, what I'm doing, where I'm standing. But, you know, a full blown performance rehearsal, I, I don't feel like I can ever do the same thing twice. So, uh, or the moments never the same twice. So mm. I, I think in film, over rehearsing. I don't know. I mean, you see some great movies where they rehearse forever and they win awards, but, um, this is just personal. I, maybe I should like rehearsal. more. No, I think, I think you were part of our training ground <laughs> where literally like we didn't, we didn't always have time for a lot of rehearsal, but obviously our stunts and our, um, special effects were complicated. So we needed it. But for me, it's like, I abhor it. It's like nails on a chalkboard for me. Um, I guess I'm I never going to hire you. <laughs> I feel like, like, I feel like I need to be in the moment to properly access what I need to access. And I can't do that 30 times over. Um, so with rehearsals, I kind of just read the words if I even read the words. And um, I prefer blocking. And I prefer to let the magic happen when it happens. Um, and, but yeah, you know, it was tricky. It was tricky for our directors um, right. to be able. I, I was like, just show me the mark and tell me where to stand and then I'll start talking. Yeah. I, I feel the exact same way. I think sometimes you, there's directors and I've been on, you know, not just charm, but uh, other movies or projects where they really want, the director wants to see a performance and it's like, 
and to me, it's like, okay, we're on set. When you're on set, it's very precious time. You have a 12 hour day. People, everybody's getting paid. Everybody's going to go into overtime. So if you, if you're rehearsing while you're on set, it almost feels as though you're stripping away a piece of the day to practice what you're going to do, which all, if you're going to rehearse, let's do that a couple weeks before we start production. Let's get together. We'll have food. We'll thing. We'll run through it. We'll talk about it. But I think once you get to the set, uh, it's, I don't, I don't want to say a waste of time, but it's, it's, um, you know, you, you can steal a performance away from the actor by by having them do it more than once, maybe. And maybe if you have somebody that's on and it's their first day on the set and you haven't seen them, you know, you want to run it through with a day player type of situation. But um, I'd rather just hit the mark and go. Let's go, baby. Well, once again, you guys zig and I am zagging. I want. Oh, I know. I know. Episode. I've worked with I you. I know. Get me on set. Let's let's clear it out. Let's have a you know. Let's let's, let's turn it over to the actors. It. Does anybody yeah, have any questions? Drew yeah. has. And, and like, let's talk about it. Let's let's put it. Let's all read it. Like, let's read it out once out loud, and then let's put it on its feet. And what do you guys want to do? How do you want? Like, where do you think you'd be? Like, I don't need you to perform it. Like, I, the, I'm not asking for a fully carbonated rehearsal, um, or performance. But I do like finding it like the, but everyone has a different w approach to work in regards to like, I feel like, I, you know, some people get it in one or two and you know it like Holly within one or two, you like, she takes a crack at it. She's such a pro. She's done the work. She has those access to the emotions and it's fucking beautiful. Right. Other people, it might take them four to six takes to actually like, get out of their head and like, oh, find what the rhythm of the scene looks like and feels like and embodies. Um, yeah, no, you know, if I go over three takes, then I'm really beginning to question my existence and I'm starting to bore myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so David Fincher, um, she will not be returning your calls. <laughs> no, it's true though, because I feel like if I've done it three times and I haven't hit it yet, then I start reaching and then it gets weird. And then I'm like, mm. you know, mm. if there's a technical mistake, fine, fine, fine. But I, I don't really want to just explore all the different ways I can do it. In fact, the only, you know, the only director that really made me do more takes than I ever wanted to was Shannon. That's now Shannon. That, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. No, that's why Shannon and I. That's why Shannon and I. Do it again. Yeah, let's do it. One again. more time. No, my let's favorite is, I think you can do that better. And I was like, Do you? Ooh. Maybe I can't. And she's like, Yeah, you and, can. And Ooh. rolling. And <laughs> yeah, Ooh. no, I'm here for that. I yeah. just I, because look, I love it so much. And when we're getting to do it, and I'm getting to be on set with people that I love and people I respect, it's like fuck, we're getting to play and find sure. something and excav like excavate the whole, you know, the scene, or maybe we find some cool moment that, you know, excavate. that didn't occur to me. I did say excavate. Um, <laughs> uh, that didn't come off the page initially that now, like now that we have the scene on its feet, 
like and do a deep, deeper dive. And oh yeah, oh Jesus Christ! Well, Lord, you know, to be fair, sometimes you don't know what another actor is going to do, and and mm-hmm. if you come into a wide shot or whatever, you know, not everybody's performing at their full energy in a super wide shot. So then someone will get into their close up. Let's say you've shot your close up first, and they're giving you off camera kind of not a lot of anything. And then all of a sudden they, you turn around on them and they're, you know, doing all this. And now your reaction to them isn't, you know, it's not matching. So, you know, sometimes it, it is nice to see everybody's full, you know, I never crack. did it to you. I never, I gave it. No, 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 gave no, no of course not. I gave you, no, but everything. that's, yeah, no, but that's, but by the way, when, and that's when not, you, that's not a charm <laughs> reference. That's, no. that's, that's hear, that carries, you know, sets galore. Yeah. When you hear this about good acting, um, and more often than not, do you, so much of the, like when, when brilliant actors are kind of given accolades for their performances, so much of the time they're kind of giving it their, most of the time they're being really generous with their compliments to the actors. Like I'm just responding to what the other person gave me. Right. And that's really important. Um, because yeah. like, for example, I've worked with people who didn't give off camera who are maybe left, um, for yeah. off their off camera and like gave the sides to the stand in. I never and did that to you. I gave you everything. You never were there. Hey, that's what it, well that's why I love you so much. You stayed on set for every single of uh, your off camera and you brought it and you gave it to me and like I'm able to respond to you cuz you're looking at me in the eye and you're giving me whatever emotion I need to play off of. Um <laughs> like I remember specifically like you were great give, like both of you were amazing so. and you were you were present. Whoa. Um Sorry, I think that was you. <laughs> Weird. That was me. That was you. <laughs> sure. Um but yeah, like it, it's, there was a story uh, for the Green Mile when Michael Clark Duncan was talking about how um, Tom, it was something with Tom Hanks and he had basically Tom, they shot Tom, um, Frank Darabont shot Tom first. He was first up in the morning and like they were getting all his POVs and close-ups through the bars and by the end of the day, um, or Tom had wrapped essentially around noon and then they were going to turn around and get all the inmates performances, including Michael Clark Duncan's. And I don't think Michael had any lines per se, but he just had these like, um, like reactions to Hanks walking by. And basically what happened was he was last shot up and in walks and it's his, it's Michael Clark Duncan's close up and in walks Tom Hanks. And he was saying that like, Tom just showed up for his off camera and was able to like, and was fully there for him, um, for his performance. And that's why he was, he, uh, didn't he win an Oscar? Did Michael Clark Duncan win an Oscar for that? Green Mile? He might've, I'd have to check on that. But regardless, he, 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 he was, he was giving praise. And like, of course, someone like a Tom Hanks, who's one of the great actors ever, was going to show up and be there and give an off camera, whether he had a line or not, because he knew that he's like, Michael's performance was going to be different if it wasn't me. But if it's me there showing up and giving him the emotion that, you know, I brought when the camera was flipped out on me, like what BK was saying, it's really like that, that stuff matters. 
um, and it matters and it helps the performance in a, in a real way. For sure. So anyway, uh, there tons. Of, yeah. You know, I, I heard uh, Meryl Streep say it long ago, you know, it's the other half of the job. It's the, it's the most important part of the job. You know, it's, it is, it's, you know, the, the job of acting isn't, I'm not up here doing a monologue. Are we all in the same movie or not? Right. You, to be there is to be there. Correct. Uh, and it's, it's fun when you're off camera and you know, you know, I, I, I know I've given some of my probably most relaxed and better performances off camera because a, I know the camera's not on me. So I feel a little freer, you know, <laughs> like, like, ah, oh, like, dang it. Can we turn it around now? Like, uh. that's, but by the way, that happens. You hear this all the time with actors. Like sometimes they're like, God, the best performance I gave was like, was off camera. Yeah. Cause you were just completely free and the pressure is off. The pressure is probably not, probably not the case for Holly though. She's just always on. Always on. Not true. Oh. I make mistakes all the time. I've never seen any. <laughs> You're I also haven't seen I haven't seen Texas Killing Cadet yet, so oh, oh that's a that's a Patreon what watch party we should do. It's the yeah, only bad guy I've ever played, so let's see how good I am at being bad. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Being bad. Being Yeet. bad. All right. Well before we uh does anything else kind of jump out at either of you with this episode? The flip phone fabulousness at the end was just everything. Oh, we, yeah, we didn't talk about Lachlan because there was a kind oh, of, like with oh. all the other things that were going on, the father son relationship, the kind of stuff that was brought up emotionally with you and Victor, the stuff with you and Dan. Sheridan. But then there's there's this whole other comedic kind of other like <laughs> B or C storyline. Um, with the Lachlan Monroe playing twins, um, Jack and Jeff, Jack, Jack and Jeff. Jeff. And one's like this total surfer, bro. Um, <laughs> and then like, he like rolls around in flip flops and board shorts and frosted tips. And then you have like the more professional one who drives a Porsche and like wears a suit um, and maybe, it's, and uh, he clearly has a crush on Shannon and like Lachlan is such a character and he's so funny in this and he brings some levity like that's why I love this episode. It really does have everything. It has like some deep emotional stuff. The bad guys are significant. You guys are being you're under fire. Um Piper's in a good relationship for once. Oh, oh, oh. Somebody, somebody, go, somebody go to Georgia. Go and check on BK immediately. <laughs> um but yeah, so Lachlan kills it. He's so like fun. A, like a dark arrow to the heart right there he's, he's so much fun and the master of the frosted tips for yeah. real yeah yeah do we, do we, do there's we a lot of tips master? going on in the master. first few seasons of charmed and th those things are good it was he's the, the king he but he's so funny yeah that scene does he come back at the end and no no he i think he comes back in Jeff? the next episode because that scene yeah. though when he gives uh the flowers to <laughs> to prove and then they get on the phone and like and they're like you can see uh prue and phoebe that scene was it made me smile so much like they were they were having so much fun mm -hmm. you could tell that like that whole thing felt like an improv mm -hmm. um a lot of it was. And, I, 
And then I love at the end how like they're not giving him back his phone. And then they decide to, in such a childish way, let's rack up the phone bill and call Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why not? Let's fuck with him and just go and call Tokyo. Why not? Konnichiwa. He actually Konnichiwa. does seven episodes. Lachlan. Lachlan does? He's yeah. great. Well, fantastic. Lachlan hung well. around for a while. They yeah they got okay, it. So I'm assuming like finally. So is this Prue's Prue's du jour? Yeah, they they Tips got along famously. Err. Mm-hmm. Okay. Say less. I am. I'm going to. I don't want to spoil yeah. anything for you. Well, I appreciate you've been so kind. Now I that know. now you don't want to tell me anything. Nope. I just can't wait for. I I'm sure you and uh, Doorway Dan are now like road trip down. Uh, or yeah, it's a do, real we need to, do we BK? Are you gonna be okay? When, where's Leo? We need him back ASAP. He'll be around. I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned. He'll be I'll around. Be, I'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. Some something tells me I'm gonna be back. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Coming down the pipeline. Yeah. It's uh, nice though. I, I gave you know Leo gave Piper her freedom. Yeah, it's you know, nice. It's, I mean, that's that the old like, I can't yeah. give you what you want. Wow. And I've, I've, I've actually had to say this in but maybe I can give you. What you I need. can't give. I can't give you what you want. I'm not. Gonna, I know I'm not going to be that for you. So, you know, as much as it hurts, you know, you're. We got to let each other go. It's not you. It's me. That old chestnut. Right. Never said that before. Never. Does that work? Never. Not once. Just at a really strange time in my life right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just a lot of things I want to focus on. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but those are, by the way, is as cliche as it is. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not you, it's me, is actually true. And sometimes it's the, it's the, it is the thing that you have to say because it might not be the partner. It might be just like, Hey, I'm, I'm too, too in my head about something. I can't, I can't be there for you in the way you need it or something. You're still know. bad at this. You are bad at this. Yeah. Just I, ghost them and walk away. Drew. Hey, you know what? I'm, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm bad at this, I, that's something I'm okay with being bad at. <laughs> Who wants to be good at breaking up with someone? <laughs> like that's not a talent like like hey drew is really good at breaking up with people <laughs> i know a guy who sends he goes to things remembered you know that store in the mall where you can have anything engraved okay. right the engraving where you engrave things so he goes there and he'll get them this little uh the piano that you wind up and play some songs <laughs> And write a little message to him, you know, for like, hey, it's been great, whatever. And, and no, yeah, that's, he's, that's he's, he's, got, that's he's got a dozen or more girls out there that have the same uh, little trinket thing. Is this it's Dale? Is this Dale? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying. Oh, oh my that god! Means, yes. It's Dale. Oh it's my god! Dale. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh wow. i get the gold star for guessing that's amazing <laughs> wow i can neither confirm or deny <laughs> such a romantic Damn. about being unromantic weird yeah. that's that's tough that's a tough 
like yeah. don't ever you don't ever want to be on the oh, thanks for playing here's piano. a little tune on a piano oh god wow uh, a parting no. gift no again you don't want to be good at breaking up but breaking up sucks it's the fucking worst it i know i hope piper doesn't have to do it anytime soon Well, so Drew gave well, us a nine. I'm gonna give I'll it. Give it I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah, okay. BK, come on, don't like be honest. It's a great app. It's you a know, fucking great episode. Tracked the Dan part, well, and I, I like I like Dan. He's really a nice guy uh, for Piper, and if it can't be me, you know, after oh. seeing in this. So Dan's inner thoughts and what he was really thinking. It was so pure yeah. and innocent, yeah. truthful, honest. Yeah. And like, like an wow. Angel. I'm like, like you know, angel. but kind of not. And, uh, I, but respectable. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm right there at nine, nine and a half as well. I, I thought I've watched, I watched this one twice. Uh, I'm on my third watching of it right now. Wow. Oh, wait till it, the it next one. It's exciting. Uh, funny. Phoebe was freaking funny. Phoebe Piper was, was funny. Everybody was funny. And and, yeah. and then it was intense and the danger. And it was fun. It, it was, it was had, more of what's going to come, I, I would hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode had everything that you want from a, te- a television show. Um, mm-hmm. like you're entertained. Except you're laughing. through deep love. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's great. Wow. On that. It is. Guys, yeah. we love this episode. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Who would have thought? Not Who me. It? Not, Not me. me. Fun. Yes. Uh, let me tell you. So on IMDb, the mm-hmm. rating is a 7.7 out of 10. With How dare 775 uh, reviews. Mm. I think that point two point two. Uh, what is it? What did you say? Seven. Seven, seven so that 2.3 that aren't taking it to a 10 were sad that Leo wasn't there. And that was the only thing that would have taken Clearly, it that's what we 100%. were just saying. They're, they're not into the Dan show. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I 100% agree. That's like the Leo Stan group out there just going Leo or, di- Leo or death, really. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Leo or death. Leo, Leo. See, the, French, the French contingent of Leo or death. Leo. That's right. Leo. Well, thank you guys all so much for checking out the House of Hallowell. Uh, we love you. If you, like when did we get to here. tell the people about the new merch? Oh, we can do it now. Actually, that's Why not. Are we ready to? Okay. Do we have yeah. demos? We do have demos. Well, funny enough. Funny. Huh? Funnily uh, enough. Funny. Well, you should ask. For <laughs> by the way. By the way. Uh, oh, <sighs> it's Liddy. Yes, Liddy. We got a House of Hallowell exclusive oh, candle. I like um, it. This is, this is available for the general White public. Only. <laughs> White Anyone and everyone can get this uh, beautiful candle. Um, we're going to be setting up a, a page soon where you'll be able to um, order it. And you can order as many as you want. They're, what is the scent know. like? Describe the it's, scent to it's me. It's a Santal scent. It's a little bit of sandalwood mm-hmm. and leather. Mm-hmm. Um, leather, sandalwood, yeah. and leather. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a delicious scent. It's really good, Santal. And for because we love y'all, Patreon members, and the Patreon, we made something exclusive just for you. This is 
the Book of Shadows. It's not lit. This is the Book of Shadows edition. That is the House Ooh. of Hallowell, and it will come in light a commemorative box that looks like the Book of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that sandalwood and leather as well? Yes, it is. And well, you know, sandalwood and leather, I imagine, is how San Francisco actually smells. San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco doorway Dan smells. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sandalwood and leather. We basically we we found doorway Ugh. Dan. We took a bit of his sweat. Yeah. And, and put it into a candle. This his this is essence. magic. His essence. This is essence of Dan. In fact, we should call that the. This is the essence of Dan candle. Dreamy doorway Dan. I was, I, I um, wanted a half dozen of them, but I kind of rethinking it. Yeah. Well, you can have no, the white one. You can have the white one. I pick the white one. Yeah. So if you're a Patreon <laughs> member, first of all, thank you so much for being a Patreon member. We love you so much, and we wanted to give love you guys you. something a little different, a little special. And you only can have the Book of Shadows, which are going to be numbered and uh, I believe signed edition of uh, these limited run candles. So. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and you want to be a part of the group, you want to be part of the family, sign up patreon.com slash H O H. You know, check out our sponsors. Thank you. Download the app, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, all the places, all the things, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be redundant, but you know, you got to do it because that's just, we just got to do it. Mm, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you are definitely jet lagged for sure. Uh, you know, we got a comment the other day from someone going the the ending that BK the tag that he put on it where he's like but da 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 charmed. <laughs> it was like multiple people love your little uh your jingle jangle at the end there. Charmed. Exactly. Oh. All right. <laughs> wow. I could even make that go da 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 da